Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I need to re-edit the video. I figured it out this time when I'm watching it. The video, the screen goes black, and what I really should do is I should make that sound go down, and I keep the image going, and then we can kick over, because <laughs> this is driving me nuts that we have this big, yeah. hard outro and we're like uh hey welcome to the show and i just i need that's on me i have to fix that as the video professional so i'm frustrated with that but not frustrated this is the second time we've recorded the show tonight because i we both both made that mistake we we you know part of the show is making fun of jd producing um but i i decided to go ahead and uh, try my hand at it because i have to do it the next couple of weeks and i i need to get a little bit more practice and i screwed up on uh, friday when i did my against all odds show so i'm like nope uh whenever i screw up i need to do it more that's that's my motto so if i suck at something i need to keep doing it until i'm good at it so, meathead um, meathead syndrome yeah, love it yes Yes, well, because I screwed up uh, on my the against all odds one. I'm like, let, let me let me produce for the next few weeks, and you're out for a couple of weeks because you got the national championships uh, practice going. So um, it's going to be all me the next two weeks. But you're you're here this week, and um, I I want to get I want to go ahead and start the show off. Um, <clears throat> last week we forgot to cover um, what we were going to talk about with Tasha Steeles, and that was going to be saved for the Patreon. We just never got there. So I want to start off hot talking a little bit of Tasha Steele's talk. Um, you know, Slammiversary, it's no secret that uh, during the, the Queen of the Mountain match, she was pinned three times and then ended up losing her title. And then she was also pinned again against uh, Jordan Grace this past Friday at Against All Odds. And there's been some rumors, man, that she's AEW bound. Uh, what say you, JD? What are you thinking here? She's gone. Um, yeah, yep. Like, and I know there's people that are that are upset about that because, you know, we're impact fans. We want to see, especially people that um, made their start with impact kind of stick around. But the reality of the matter is she was probably signed to a very cheap deal. Right. And yeah. now she's got a bit of a name and that, that, uh, that helps your bidding power, right? Your bargaining power, I should say. So I don't, I could see her leaving. Like AEW has got this whole baddie search thing going on. They got Layla Gray as a quote unquote interim baddie. Her and Kira have that relationship. Like, I don't, I don't see why she would, I don't see her staying. I don't. What do you think? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that she's out the door. I look, I would love for her to resign and stake with impact. Um, I'd like for impact to be able to um, meet the offer that uh, she might be getting elsewhere. They could. Um, That's possible. They, yeah, they could. So, you know, there are two things that are more important than anything else in the world when it comes to pro wrestling. Or if you're a wrestler, it's you like big money and you like big crowds. Right now, Impact probably can only offer you one of those things. And when you're on the lower on the card, they're probably not offering you either. Um, but AEW right now, because of the position they're in and the popularity that they have, they can offer you both right away. Even if you're a lower tier wrestler, they can afford to take a chance on, on someone like Atasha Steeles that now has a little bit of a name and has developed some good character work. They could bring her in and they could probably pay her more than Impact would pay her at the level she's at in Impact. I mean, that's Kira. Right, Kira's yeah. making more on a tier zero AEW deal, and now she's playing before a million people on TV as opposed to being an impact. Like it's that's I mean, like you gotta understand kind of what impact is when they're finding these young people. They're giving them their start. But when you give mm-hmm. people their start, they're not gonna stick with you because they're gonna make a name and a lot of times they're gonna move on. You know, they're gonna go yeah. it's it's rare you can find a Josh Alexander, a guy you kind of give a break mm-hmm. to and 
he becomes a foundational player. Like that just that doesn't, Ace Austin. Yeah. Ace Austin. Yeah. And you know, Ace was in other places too. Like I always say, I think of Ace as an MLW guy before I think of him as an impact guy, because that's where I discovered him. But he's also, he's made his home at impact, which makes sense with uh, Tasha. I mean, quite frankly, she's better than anybody in 2.0. Right? Oh, by I mean, far. Yeah. Like all of them there, she's better than all of them. And she's still, she's 25, something like that. Like, she's not old like she could easily transition into 2.0 and do very well there too i don't know if that's off the table for them like god she's better than all those girls so <laughs> yeah well, with the exception to roxanne i think uh yeah no, fair uh, fair she yeah. Rox, roxanne roxy whatever she's uh she's an exception to the rule down there i right. forgot about roxy but the rest of them are not great mandy rose has been with the company since 2015 and she's decent at best yes you know? Yeah. So I I would be surprised if she sticks around. Yeah, I'll be surprised. I'll be happy if she sticks around because I've enjoyed covering her work here at Impact. <laughs> but look, you know, uh, Impact is a place where kind of folks, they 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 start here and then they kind of they develop a little bit and they move on. Or whenever you're kind of whenever you're um, leaving one of the bigger companies, uh, Impact is a good place for you to rebuild your career and stuff like that. And then, of course, look, you got your core. You got Moose, Eddie Edwards, Jordan Grace. Uh, you got talent, Josh Alexander. Now Ace Austin probably is a part of that group. That are that have come into impact and they're sticking around and it seems like they're in for the long haul. Sammy Callahan, of course, um, and uh, everything kind of revolves around that core group of about ten people. And everybody else just kind of comes and goes. You know, you got young people developing on the way up, and then you got other people coming in from the bigger promotions and uh, redeveloping. I would say, um, and, and looking for their their foothold in the industry. You just described ECW. Yeah. Yep. At 100%. And that was everything that Scott DeMore and Don Callis said that they wanted to have whenever they took over the company. That's legitimately what they, they said. They they wanted it to be like 90s all Japan where you had your, your elite eight and then everybody else kind of comes in and out and uh, they lose to those guys. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll feud with those guys. They'll end up losing on the way out and they'll go to the next spot. Um, yep. That's, that's, that's impact. And you protect the guy, you protect your pillars, you know, yep. you let the rest of everybody kind of do their thing and move out. And that's fine. You know, we got one out, we got one coming in. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about her uh, as we get into the show. And uh, we have a good show to talk about a newsworthy show, I would say. Yeah. Um, and uh, capped off by, I thought a pretty damn good main event, which is what you get a lot in impact these days, a pretty damn good main events. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess the biggest news uh, coming into the show, it broke last week because of spoilers, of course. Um, but uh, Alan Angels, who recently departed AEW, and we kind of speculated on on him last week whenever we had Justin on the show about, hey, Alan Angels was uh, his, career, or his career. His uh, contract had just expired with AEW. Impact was in uh, Atlanta. Could they have bring him in over the weekend? And sure enough, they did bring him in. Um, and I think this is a good move. And uh, he immediately challenges Speedball Mike Bailey for this, the uh, the X Division Open Challenge. Um, it was, you know what? I think I had, I think I built this match up in my head too much because I knew about it for a week or so, and it it did not live up to the hype that I put on it. I placed expectations on this match that they didn't agree to, and they didn't live up to them, unfortunately for them. But um, I thought it was a good TV match overall. What'd you think? I, I echo your sentiments. I'm going to say this. This is a controversial statement. Kenny Omega is probably a little bit better than Speedball, and that's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all right. Quite frankly, Alan Angels showed why he needed to leave AEW in this match. Yeah. 
because he needs to work like he needs mm-hmm. to get I, I told you we we messaged during the show. I said I felt like this was this wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, no. No, it's not we're not bearing this match. I felt that especially when compared to the follow-up match, which is again an X Division match, pretty much, that this one was I'm gonna do this move and then you're gonna do this move, and then I'm gonna do this move and you're gonna do this move. And Alan Angels, maybe it's because he's been working under the mask for a while. I felt like he was not showing much emotion, nothing on his face when he was wrestling. He was just going through the motions. And I don't mean that in like he wasn't invested in it. I mean, he wasn't like registering anything. He Again, he's 24. He yeah. needs to improve. That's why he's doing this. Right. And it was fine. But for a guy who's had, you know, eight match of the year contenders already this year with speedball. This wasn't one of them, but it was yeah. fine. It was it was yeah. a fine match. Um, do you think Alan Angel sticks around Impact? I do. You know, uh, Gerard sent us something in the chat. Uh, I guess um, they referred to him as an Impact newcomer, and Scott Demore went out of his way to kind of call him that on Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, so, but w- what I mean by stick around, I, I don't. He might not sign like an exclusive deal here. I don't think that's probably on the table. But again, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. What's his independent rate? Okay, this is your rate. Okay, we'll offer you this many dates over the course of two years. Uh, can you agree to that? Yep. Okay, we get first rights on your dates, and you can do whatever else you want uh, whenever you're not working those dates. Cool. Sounds good. He can make impact his base and then tour around all these indies. I already saw on Twitter earlier today him and Vinny Massaro kind of ta- uh, talking it up about going to West Coast Pro Wrestling, So, he, which, is a, which is a really good indie in San Francisco. So I think that's right a good idea for him. Yeah, very hot. That's a good idea for him right now to do that. I agree. I think he needs to be with Impact. I think he needs to mentor yeah. under Chris Saban and Alex Shelley specifically, right? Because yep. he's very much in their mold. Um, I see him as a young baby face who could be pretty good, but he needs to um, learn to be more emotional in his matches, right? And those guys yeah. are fantastic at it and always have been, especially Saban. So I think that he he needs to be mentored. Right. And in AEW, he wasn't going to get that because, you know, tier zero deal. He was kind of low in the totem pole, got a lot of got a lot of opportunities to work, but not a lot of opportunities to improve. Right. Right. And quite frankly, you shouldn't be at the biggest stages while you're trying to improve like that, that, that hamstrings more thing. I think this guy needs to be with impact. He needs to do stuff with West Coast Pro. He needs to earn himself a spot in PWG because he's not there yet. Right. He needs he needs this, quite frankly, because he's got talent, but now he's got to get the um, he's got to get the emotional game over. And when he gets there, I think I think he'll be pretty good. Yeah, same here. Um, like, like, well, like we were talking about, the match wasn't bad at all. I thought it was mm-hmm. a good match. Um, we had a flurry of, or we um, he, speedball went for his uh, flamingo um, driver. I guess that's his version of the one-winged angel. He went for that, and he missed it. Uh, and he ended up hitting him with the ultimate weapon. It's the 450 splash, knees into the back. That thing looks so deadly. Ugh. That was brutal looking. Brutal looking. Yeah. Angels took all of that, man. But uh, uh, entertaining. Angels, I thought, looked pretty good. And I think, yeah, he needs to stick around here. Uh, after the match was over, Violent by Design, they attacked him. It was that Diener and Doran came in and laid out both guys. And then they called uh, for Josh Alexander to come out, and uh, all of a sudden Eric Young comes out. He's not happy. He thinks they need to do better um, and that the world belongs to him. This promo lasted a long time. This was not good. 
I didn't like yeah. anything about this. I love Eric Young on promos. I the first thing they when they came out and Deaner goes, Josh Alexander. I grabbed my phone. I said, Why does no feud anywhere end? Ever. Like this keeps happening all across. Not picking on impact right now. All across wrestling. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are gonna fight again. Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston and Jericho. Again. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, the young Bucks versus uh Swerve and Keith Lee and Starks and Hobbs. Like, we just saw this again. I mean, like, why doesn't anything end? Like, especially when we have these big climactic moments. Josh Alexander beat all three of them. Why are yeah. we doing this? Why are we treading <laughs> water? Why are we so creative? It's not just impact, it's everywhere. Right. Why are we so creatively lazy? And that's what it is. It's laziness. I honestly, when he beat Doring, um, and we didn't get the big beat down after the bell with Eric Young and debuting a new member, like nothing changed with the group, no. right? So now now they want to get one more crack at Josh. Next week, it's going to be the trios match with uh, Josh and the, the Motor City Machine Guns versus Violet by Design. Very much looking forward to that match. Yeah, it's going to be a great match. going to be great match. Uh, going to be great. I hope that's the end of it, and I hope Josh gets to move on to another contender. Problem is, who's that? I just, I, I don't know who that's going to be. They haven't gotten anybody ready for them, but they haven't got anybody. That's been a, okay. I think that AEW and impact both suffer from the same. I'm having the same issue with both promotions right now. And during yeah. AEW last night, I was, I got real distracted during the show. Cause I was texting my buddy, John Muse, and we're kind of both in the same spot is it's like, we both feel like, and again, and I say this with our product sometimes is that good matches are the band aid, right? Like we don't mm -hmm. have to do the work to tell stories because we just give you good matches. And and Dave's talked about this too. Is that good matches on TV don't mean what they used to mean because we see them all the time. Yep. I thought I thought before we get into it, I thought this was the best pure wrestling show of the week. I thought the matches here in Impact this week were better than AEW's. Like, and I like the two. I like the two main events in AEW this week. But I thought overall the wrestling was better this week. But I think that nobody is telling compelling stories anywhere yeah and it's bothering yeah, well, me it's bothering yeah. me right now right well and they're they're building contenders using just the typical gimmicks battle royals multi-person matches aew has a ranking system that that they ignore much yeah that they, they ignore they don't do anything for, with it like and i'm yeah. tired of like well you know they have this ranking system but they, they throw it up the window for like okay aw did this they had this battle royal last week okay fine why didn't we take three weeks to build up moxley and brody king to get people interested in something right this company used that company used to just you know promote stuff for weeks upon weeks on end before they would happen now you just throw things right out there we get like they're rushing to get things and an impact it's like i feel like Okay, we have this Joe Dor we have this uh, Joe Doring Eric Young thing and it's just going to keep going and keep going and and it's so it's so frustrating. And again, it's I'm just sick of like, oh, well they had really good matches. Yeah. Okay. What? I mean, I don't remember. I can't remember the good matches that happened 3 weeks ago. Mhm. Mm like I, on TV, like okay, yeah, Forbidden Door, great show. Against All Odds, great show. It really was. I caught it after I caught it after I got home and it was a really good show. But I mean like what now? Like on TV week to week, like you have to get me invested in these things. And I feel like, I feel like no one is getting me invested in anything right now. Like there's just nothing is being done anywhere. Yeah. We're kind of, we're kind of in a summer slump here when it comes to storytelling. And that, we're, and that's really, that's the problem. Story matches are good. Matches are but great. when you let, when you let wrestlers wrestle, they'll do it. They will get For the sure. matches in. 
but it's up to the company to tell the stories and it doesn't that's feel not, like the stories are being told very well that's not the wrestler's job the wrestlers no. want to wrestle and i'm not saying we need a bunch of backstage skits like wwe does or nonsense because i'll get into the nonsensical stuff later <laughs> yeah like yeah i just want i just want a storyline i just want a reason to care about this and again Again, Eric Young and um, uh, and 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 uh, uh, Josh gave me good reason a couple months ago to care. What now? What's changed? Why do I? Why should I still be invested in this? Does Josh have to kill them all at the same time? Does he have to do the Roman Reigns thing where he stacks up all the bodies, all three of them, and pin them till we get this over with? Like, give me something else, man. Yeah. So Look. Young suggested he might Young suggested he might purge them both before Diener apologized and begged for another chance for both of them. Young said that he went from here on out. The, this world belongs to me and gave them that chance before walking away on his own. Um, next, we go to Honor No More. They were backstage, backstage saying they weren't the problem, but Impact was the problem. Mike Bennett and Kenny King were heard from. Uh, Maria said uh, there could be no setback. She was able to get the sentence out without begging Tony Khan for a job. So good job, Maria. Um, you, you showed restraint there, ma'am. Um, <laughs> and uh, Eddie Edwards then said PCO has some tough decisions to make. Um, PCO tried to respond before, before he could talk. Eddie Edwards cut him off and said, we need to see it in the ring. Um, yeah, so they really need to get to this PCO turn. They're dragging it out way too long for me. Man, um, this, it's this just, I don't know, more has completely lost their momentum. Right. They have. They have. They, they were. It seemed like it's been like, you know, up and down, up and down, like, you know, like a month or two ago, I felt like they were on the way up. And then, you know, two big losses like Slammiversary and Against All Odds, two big losses, and now just dragging out the PCO stuff. It's like, okay, it's going down. Okay. So, like, we talk about story. The number, like, when we talk about story, breaking down story, a character, a group, a something has a goal. Something is standing in their way to prevent them from reaching the goal. This is like, this is literally the kind of what a story is. What is Honor No More's story at this point? Like, I don't know what their focus is. I don't know. I mean, like, they're mad well, at I Ring think, of Honor. So, okay, go invade yeah. AEW. Like, Tony right. bought Ring of Honor. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense anymore. The group has to have another focus. Like, if you tell me, okay, you know what? Um, Eddie's going to kill Josh. Okay do give me something like do something like what are what are what is our focus like we have six people cut a decent promo it's decent good thing they don't let pco talk pco should never talk he's a monster like right it's just like it's so stuck in the mud right now yeah I'm, no I'm it, it, it is no it, it is and i i think the ultimate end goal is for eddie to get the championship because that was specifically what he talked about they just keep delaying it um for a while i thought they were going to do it at slam anniversary but i guess they're holding off so who knows when they're going to get that done but uh um we we go to another backstage segment diana prazo with chelsea green hyped up tonight's number one contender match between prazo and mia yim uh gail kim walked in congratulated them on their win against at against all odds and told green she'll face mickey james next week and everyone barred from ringside from that match and tonight's match as well so there you go um, I actually thought Chelsea was good on this segment. I, she's entertaining to me. She's good at character work. Yeah, she's really good yeah, at character. Really like, is. she's good at the character stuff. Like, if this was the night, okay, if this was the 1980s, she's Missy Hyatt. Yeah, like, yeah, she is. She's really good at that. I don't care for her in wing work, but boy, personality stuff, she's great. She is great. Um, speaking of great in-ring work, um, I thought this was match was uh, tremendous. We had a uh, Trey Miguel defeating Laredo Kid. 
Um, he Miguel's coming off a loss against Bailey. So if you want to regain momentum in your career, you got to wrestle a luchador and impact because you're most likely going to beat the luchadors. So there you go. I loved this match. Like this is like what Fantastic. I was what I was comparing to the Allen Angels match is it felt to me like Trey and specifically um, Laredo were trying to win. Right. I really yes. think that's a criticism that we hear of wrestling all the time. And I don't always agree with it, but I thought that nice job, Mike. Good cut in. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Producing tough, right? It's tough. It is. We, we need a third party producer. <laughs> I, hey, Jeremy, we need you. Um, yeah. No, I, I thought this match was really, really good because Laredo Kid is awesome and is without a doubt the most underutilized guy on the roster. And who is the last luchador that Impact has pushed? Is it Penta? It's Pentagon, yeah. It would be Pentagon. Um, he, I don't. I don't. Fe- Phoenix was pushed too, but uh, Pentagon actually was pushed to the world title, but he only held it for a taping. And then the Lucha Brothers were the tag champs for a while before they lost to LAX, and then they ended up going to AEW. So Lucha, Lucha Brothers rule. Um, why don't we push some of these guys? Like Laredo Kid's awesome. I don't. Maybe it's his AAA stuff because he's more. He's his AAA is his like number one place. But I mean. I don't know. I feel like both him and a guy we'll talk about later could be doing a lot more than they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, especially if there's a guy out there, a luchador bandito, who has actually been name-dropping Impact as a place that he would like to go to. I'm like, man, do you actually watch the show? You're going to lose, brother. Like, We're going to protect you. Lose. We're going to protect yeah. Heath. Heath's going to look like right. a star all over the place. Can't walk, can't work, can't do nothing. But, I mean, he's he he's a guy we're going to push over, Laredo Kid. makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's such dog shit. Um... But uh, yeah, th- this match was insane. I really loved um, how uh, Trey Miguel was continuing to sell his leg from the speedball match, and that speedball match is incredible. Mm-hmm. So everybody go out of the way to watch uh, against all odds. But um, yeah, great, great stuff. Um, both men are, uh, let's see, Kid nearly got the win off of Michinoku Driver as Miguel uh, failed on a springboard due to a leg injury. But uh, Miguel got the win off a crossroads counter. So he switched to the crossroads instead of the Meteora because he's selling his leg um good good he, stuff um, he does that way better than cody rhodes quite frankly way it's not better. even close not even it's close, not even close. Not like even close. It, cody's been using that thing for over a decade and trey busts it out occasionally and it's so much smoother like yeah it's hilarious uh and then uh this is you know what maybe this is another thing we'll talk about on the patreon but uh we have a co-promotion for rick flair's last match as they begin to take a look back at various flair impact moments uh leading into impacts last match so uh presented by starcade or starcast i'm sorry uh that's kind of interesting um you know let's not save it for patreon let's talk about it now, oh, you want to do it now? Do you think, okay. yeah do you think impact's gonna bring flair in in the lead up to this uh flair's last match who's he wrestling uh, Jared. <laughs> I, that's, that's the like, only thing. It's the only name I can come up with. I, Jay Lethal is the other one I can come up with because they've been working I, together. I know, but Jay Lethal's got the match with Samoa Joe I got uh, on pay per view, and I don't think Tony Khan wants anything to do with this nonsense. I really don't. Uh, it's because a it's piggybacking off of uh, WrestleMania or SummerSlam, right? He doesn't like to do that. And B, Starcast, the Flair's last match, kind of a shit show. Flair has been canceled essentially um uh, because of all those allegations has, and all that he, he might canceled? well he'd been canceled in the mainstream but uh, the wrestling fans the hardcore wrestling fans don't care no uh, these are the same people that cheer vince mcmahon the day he gets all those allegations made against him you know good for the most yeah for the most part wrestling fans do not care about this stuff so um i i i don't think that if impact brought him in there would be there you you might get david bixon span complaining about it on twitter but that's going to be about it yeah, that's that's you're right. That's what's going to happen. Um, 
No, I don't think they'll bring him in because I don't think the taping schedule will mm-hmm. work no. with it. I don't L- think Louisville Louisville's next week, and Starcast is uh the, like two weeks later. So I think they could do it. All right, I, I guess it's possible, but I don't. I would be surprised because I don't know. I don't know. I would be surprised if they do it. And I don't think I just I think Conrad probably thinks he can do a better job advertising with his own stuff than, you know, yeah. working with impact. And I think that's the only reason they wouldn't. It's I don't I don't foresee Conrad wanting to work specifically with impact. It seems like he's trying to keep neutral. Right. right. And it's possible he bought some like he might have given them some money to do some promotion for them. But I would be surprised if if Ric Flair actually showed up on the show. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but uh, it just kind of seemed odd to me that they're that Impact is going above and beyond to promote this show, and uh, they have a taping coming up leading into Starcast. Seems like that'd be a perfect time to shoot an angle for uh, Star for Starcast. I appreciated them reminding us of when Ric Flair came in and ruined AJ Styles, right? <laughs> yeah, started, yeah. Thanks, guys. Started the worst like the worst streak of Impact television ever, the yeah. the Hulk Hogan, <laughs> yeah. Eric Bischoff era. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, Diener and Bring were rampaging backstage looking for Alexander. They ran into Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Saban, line of the century, uh, called them. Hey, what are you doing? Are you box kickers? I was. I don't know why that cracked me up so much. Calling them a box kicker. <laughs> what is a box kicker? Well, that's what uh, Diener and Doring were kicking boxes backstage. So Saban goes, "Were you going to be box kickers?" I didn't even make what, that what connection. Are you box kickers doing? I, I don't know why it, that stood out to me. It was so funny. I was just um, like, what does that mean? I didn't even think about that. Is that's literally what they were doing in the moment? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Alexander showed up, a big brawl ensued. And next week we got the trios match. Um, and then we get a vignette for the uh, returning who we thought two years ago was going to return, but it looks like she's returning now. Killer Kelly coming back to uh, impact. Um, and she had a really interesting vignette here, kind of a, um, kind of a psycho style, like in the motel. And then she hit some lines from fight club there at one point. There's also a dead possum on the it. sidewalk. I yeah. hate this bro so much. I like the killer <laughs> Kelly's coming back. I really do. Yeah. I forgot that she had a journey album tattooed on her back. That's cool. Um, yeah. the, the dead possum. I was like, cool. There's a dead possum there. And then she was in the, the, she's in the bathroom, right? But the toilet is in the foreground. So I thought, is she going to take a shit? Like, that's honestly the first thought that went through my head. No, she goes into the shower, which makes much more sense. But, like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I did not love, I like Killer Kelly. I think she's going to do great here. Yeah. Again, one leaves, one comes in. That's an upgrade. That That's how I, it happens. I did not at all like the video, but she's going to do great here. <laughs> yeah. Um, she warmed my heart when she said, it is only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything. That is a line from Fight Club, and it's my favorite line from that movie. So uh, I always enjoyed that uh, movie and that line. So there you go. But yeah, Kel- Killer Kelly coming in. Uh, excited for that. So um, next, we got uh, James Storm and Chris Harris backstage with uh, Mean Jay Miller, who turned her mic off. I don't know why she did that, but they I were don't... talking directly into the camera. I don't blame Gia on this one, right? No, this is no. we'll talk. Let's do a little production <laughs> right here. This is yeah. on the cameraman because there are the sound guy. It's one or the other. They have people whose job it is to make sure that stuff is good, right? Gia's job is to hold the microphone and look nice. That's her job, right? Yeah. The guy because the, the sound guy's got what we got on right now. Sound guy's got headphones on. He could say, hey, this doesn't sound right because any sound guy worth half his shit is going to figure that out in about two seconds that yeah. now. Here's another thing too. They don't go back and look at this stuff, right? You don't go back. 
Why do we? Do, why can't we ever do take two on anything? Yeah, it's like how did they not know that the mic wasn't connected? Because like immediately when we started this podcast, the first thing you said to me is like, "Hey, Mike, your mic's not connected." So I went in and I hit the settings button, and boom, there that's it is. Make sure my mic. Is. That's all it yeah. is. On most cameras, it's a switch. You just yeah. flip the switch. Like it's stuff like that drives me crazy. It's like we want to like we have this great roster, right? We have we normally have video good, really good video production. Like I said, I'll put mm-hmm. our video packs up against anybody. But Kevin we're sloppy. Martin. We're sloppy. Yeah. Sloppy. And that just like that can be fixed, right? But it just you gotta show some like effort. And that's all that is is effort. Hey man, that didn't work. Let's do take two. Yeah. Just just to have it. Like bugs me. Yeah. Yeah, bugs me too. But uh, yeah, they interviewed James Harris or James Storm and Chris Harris. Sorry, uh, they're backstage. Talked about their match against all odds. Uh, Harris indicated it might be their last ride. While Storm said he had some unfinished business. The camera followed him, and he uh, ventured into Steve Macklin's locker room looking for Moose. Macklin thought last Friday was his retirement match. While Storm said he was in his prime. He sure as hell is, by the way. Uh, challenging him for a match next week. So next week we get uh, Steve Macklin and James Storm. And probably what is most likely James Storm does a swung song with his current run here in Impact. But, um, yeah, looking forward to that match. Um, and uh, we're still trying to figure out why Macklin interfered on behalf of Moose. We still don't know. They didn't really explain that yet. So I'm, I'm okay with this, right? I feel like this is going somewhere. Yes. I, like, I'm curious to see what happens next week. I'm not I – don't, I don't know if it's a lock that Macklin wins, right? Because if the Cowboy is going to stick around a little bit, I bet he wins. But we don't know that for sure. Um, and next, oh, here, let me hit the handy dandy next match. Yeah, there we go. For our folks on YouTube is uh, PCO versus Taurus. Again, PCO lost last week. So what do you do? You wrestle a luchador and you get your momentum back. Um, he wrestled black Taurus with crazy Steve, and he was trying to prove to honor no more that he is worthy. And, uh, they had a really good match. Um, Taurus got back into his, uh, we got back into it with a pair of sling blades. Uh, he did a reverse sling blade that I thought was pretty cool, by the way. Uh, followed by an elbow drop. He was selling an, an injured arm and couldn't immediately get the pin, though. He missed a twisting moonsault, and PCO took advantage, hitting a reverse DDT and a slightly awkward PCO salt for the pin and the win, where he basically threw both knees right into uh, Toro's stomach. Um, but, uh, yeah, that looked brutal, and uh, he got the victory. On No More came out to congratulate him. They were intimidating Crazy Steve, and then Heath, the protected Heath, ran out from the crowd and uh, hit uh, hit a move on uh, Kenny King there and ran out. So, And with fans chanting Heath, Heath, Heath in the audience. Dave called Black Tarus one of the best bases, possibly the best base in wrestling, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what Black Tarus does in AAA is he just he bases for all these amazing luchadors. Um, I don't understand why Heath is so protected and Black Tarus just does jobs to everybody. I don't get it. Heath is famous. I think that's the only thing they I push think. him. They push yeah. him. That's the thing is if you treated Heath like WWE treated Heath, he wouldn't be. Oh, he would get the, Oh, he's got kids stuff that we yeah. would have. We would laugh about it. Black Tarus is significantly better than Heath. Laredo kid is significantly better than Heath, but this guy gets to dance in the main event scene. And I don't know why he's never been good. He's not a great no. promo. He's not good in the ring. I don't get it. And he's out of shape. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't okay. know what's going on there. He's got naked pictures of somebody. Um, but next we go to uh, the Good Brothers, Chris Bay and Ace Austin, all backstage. First time all of them together on the same screen as Bullet Club. So and that was interesting. For some reason, even though um, the Good Brothers got the victory over Honor No More, they still want to fight Honor No More again. 
So we're going to do the same variation of a the same match with just a couple of different people. Um, same, same, same. Doing that next week. So there you go. Eight man. Very, it's a very New Japan Cork and match. Eight man tag. You know, yeah, yeah, no, that's very, yep, very much, very much so. Uh, digital media champion Brian Myers was walking backstage, came, aco- came upon Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. They exchanged words before he encountered Bupinder Gujar, who wanted the title. The frustrated Myers suggested Gujar take on Swinger next week with the winner getting a shot at the title. So, uh, there you go. That was I that. I left. Uh, yeah, Swinger always makes me laugh. Uh, next, we got you know what I we got Rich Swan defeating Mahabali Shira. I'm going to say something complimentary about Shira. This was a good TV match. I agree. Yeah, I thought this okay, possibly because it's mainly Rich Swan. Yeah, Rich but, Swan. Uh, I thought I thought Shira did an effective job as the monster heel, mm-hmm. beating down Rich Swan, who always does a good Ricky Morton, uh, the underneath babyface, selling, selling, selling. Came back, hit a ton of moves, and then got the victory. And he beat Shiro while making Shira still look like a monster. This is great pro wrestling. If this was 1989, Shira would have a nice spot in the WWE WWF roster, right? Oh he's, yeah, he's big. And in the 80s, oh. he'd have been bigger. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's oh, in the 80s, in if it was early 90s WWE, he would have been wrestling Hulk Hogan as a representative of Baghdad, Iraq. You know, what a sudden. Oh God, you're monsters. right. You know they would have. Oh, 100 percent. Absolutely. Been in the Triangle of Terror. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's another. There's Shira. That's another guy that they do more with than Black Taurus or Laredo Kid. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, Rich carried him to a really good match for for Mahabali Shira, Ohio Valley's pride. Mahabali Shira. Well, used to he lost to James Storm tonight on OVW TV. So, oh, thanks for the spoiler. Not like I Sorry. was going to watch oh, it. Anymore. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, you're not going to fucking watch OVW. No, I'm not going to watch OVW. <laughs> I was doing a bit. Come on, man. Uh, sorry. Um, and uh, the the influences to Neil Dashwood and Madison Rain weren't happy. Uh, what do you think about M- Madison Rain's mask here, James? You set uh... your yeah. I set you up with this because <laughs> I texted Mike during the show. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but Madison Rain looks absolutely stunning in this mask. I can't. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what that says about me. Perhaps I'm a sociopath, but I think, I think she you looks are. <laughs> fantastic in that mask. I don't yeah. know. It, it's a nice mask. What do you say? I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, and they weren't happy with Giselle Shaw about her effort last Friday against all odds. Um, and uh, apparently, Masha Slamovich making a death threat on Tanil is Giselle's fault somehow. So there you go. Hey, we're booking um, something. And, we're doing something. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And then next, we got Taya Valkyrie trying to calm down and upset Rosemary about against all odds. Rosemary felt like they were outnumbered and said they had to go to the undead realm for help. They need to go find Havoc in the undead realm. Um, this was great television, great acting, great dirt. I'm just kidding. This sucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess we're going back to the undead realm next week. Uh, JD, you're off the show next week, so I got to deal with this myself. I appreciate that greatly. I thought we were going tonight. <laughs> I was getting pissed off. It's like next week, the undead realm. And I'm like, hot damn, I'll be in a car. Um, I'm yeah. gonna miss this. Dude, I spent Saturday night and Sunday night watching four hours of Stranger Things. And it oh was my gosh. Fucking fantastic. It was awesome. Yes. I loved it Eddie so Munson. much. Eddie Munson, oh my yeah. god, when he's up there thrashing the master of puppets with those bats. Oh coming, my gosh. What a scene. Right? So supernatural stuff can <laughs> be done great. 
but if you can't do stranger things why are you doing this like especially in this era where there's such good stuff of this where i can scratch that itch of like this awesome supernatural thing like every episode of stranger things this season was a movie we had nine stranger things movies and you're gonna give me the undead realm with bad acting i don't get it who wants this the six people that chant for rosemary every week like this is <laughs> I, I guess stupid I, and it they're, they're placating people. somebody but i mean like it detracts people from watching impact right when i yeah, tell people no, well, impact's a good show it's a good show and they go dude look and they point to this stuff and i gotta sit there and go oh it happens like I, I point back i point back to when kenny omega first showed up and they gave us wrestle house which is just an offshoot of the undead realm like this is the stuff that hurts impact sorry lance yeah. Yeah. Well, Lance, um, I, he has nothing to do with creative. Uh, he just produces the matches. So and, and complains about other people doing the same things that his show does. <laughs> yeah, it's the old uh, less than Jake line. Everyone here hates everyone here for doing the exact same that they do. So there you go. You have never listened um, to a single less than Jake song. And I do like that line that you just said. Brother, man, I'm going to send you a track. Send me some because I've never I, I, I know I know of them, but I've never listened to them. Oh, one of my favorite bands of my 20s, sir. Great, huh? great band. Please send yeah. my way. Yep. Uh, we go to the main event. I thought this main event was awesome. Uh, at one point, they were doing an impression of uh, Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi, <laughs> which I was like, if you're going to steal, steal from steal that from match. Go ahead. Steal from that match because a lot of people don't even remember that match, but I do. God damn it. Um but uh, one of the better women's matches I've seen in a long time. I think that it could be right up there with any, any, uh, you know, sp- and it was only for a TV match. So that kind of hinders it a little bit, but no titles on the line. Number one contender match between Perazzo and Mia Yim. I thought this match fucking ruled. What'd you think? I'd love to retire the phrase number one contender. Cause I'm just sick of hearing it across, across all of wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I hate it. Uh, this was awesome. I had an epiphany midway through the match. Deanna Perrazzo is my favorite women's wrestler, and it's not even close. Oh, nice. It's not even close. Like, she tries everything. Most credit this was Alan Angels for. Everything Deanna does, she's trying to win, right? Like, everything yeah. looks like a struggle. Everything looks like it's a fight. Like, and she has great facial expressions. They did the Ric Flair Sting spot where Sting would throw Flair off the top rope. Like, I haven't seen that. I can't remember last time I saw that spot. It was awesome. Like, I just... I love her work every single week. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how WWE could not make her like a great heel in that company. Right. She's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she, she is. I, I'm really, really shocked that she didn't stick on there with WWE. You think that, that she's everything that they like, but maybe it was more of a, you know, you never, you never know what's going on with somebody. Maybe she just didn't get along with certain people there, but I'm like, but talent wise, you know, I think that's gotta be a personality thing because like, she's good. Like she's, she never even yeah. got a chance. They never put her on TV. Like, I don't get it. Like, I really don't like she's again, this hit me during the show. Cause again, like when the AEW women's matches happen, like, you know, no, you know, guys know me like I'm, I don't, it's okay. I, I tend not to, I don't hate women's wrestling or anything like that. I just, you know, I don't pay attention as much. I tend to tweet a little bit more. This match yeah. had me from the bell. Like she's, she's awesome and well worth a main event spot. I'm actually a little bummed that it's not going to be her and Jordan in Chicago. Like me and Yep's fine. It's good. New fresh matchup. I'm, I'm good with it. I just really like Deanna. Yeah. Um, it seems like since she lost the title and then she lost that rematch to Mickey, she's just been kind of like 
doing th- like she had that Ring of Honor title and then she went and lost it and she had the AAA title she lost that so it seems like the last couple of months she's been kind of floundering a little bit you know not doing much there um, but she's you know picking up with this Chelsea Green story I was hoping that the, her and Chelsea would challenge Taya and Rosemary and kind of get away from the undead stuff but it looks like that's going to continue so yeah I, I don't know I don't know what the future holds for Deanna Perazzo but uh, she's she's amazing she's fantastic uh, fantastic and I'm yeah, had what an incredible two-year run she's had here in Impact. It was mm-hmm. exactly two years ago, uh, I think, this week when she was announced for Slammiversary in 2020. She is someone that um, you talk about gambling on themselves, right? Because she had a bit of a name in the Indies before. Like you know, people are like, oh yeah, Diana Prado, she's pretty good, you know. And then when she signed with WWE, people are like, oh, that makes sense, you know. Especially when they were bulking up the the Black and Gold NXT. Since leaving WWE, she's been one of the best wrestlers on the Indies. Regardless, oh, yeah. of, regardless of gender, like she's fantastic. Like I can't think of, I'm just I, again. I had this epiphany night. Like I don't think there's been a time on this show that I haven't enjoyed watching Deanna Perazzo wrestle. Like no, she's probably one of the most consistently good performers on the show. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to bring up gender. I'm just, just no, in general, in just general, consistently good. Yeah, constantly. Everybody. She has good matches with everybody. Like she has good matches with people who aren't very good. Right, she has great matches with people that are very good. Like she's awesome. Yeah, yep, she's awesome. This match was awesome. I think yep. it uh, um, capped off a pretty good show. Made it a you know uh, basically a thumbs up show. I, I would say the only you know this match and the Trey Miguel Laredo kid match uh, would be well worth people going out of the way to see. Uh, Trey Miguel's on a hell of a run too, by the way. His speedball last week was incredible, and uh, speedball wasn't the only guy in that match. Trey Miguel was very much a part of that and did a great job in it, and uh, it carried over this week with his match with Laredo Kid. So yeah. good, good stuff from Impact this week. For sure, as my uh, as far as wrestling goes, I think it was the show of the week. Like the wrestling on this show was really good this week, to the point where my least favorite match was the uh, Speedball Allen Angels match, and it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was just on that particular show, not great. Now, what I did have an issue with is I don't think the booking's very good right now. Like I yeah, think the, it's, the, think it's lazy. The wrestling, uh, the matches are basically outweighing the booking. You know and I mean? can, and I'm going to so. level that exact same criticism at AEW. I think the booking yes. right now is lazy, and I think the mat. I think we're getting, we are, we are trying to be the alternative. We as in everything outside of WWE is trying to land when we're the show that gives you good wrestling. And right now, WWE is actually doing a pretty good job giving people good wrestling, but their storytelling is what it's always going to be. And you know, Vince McMahon's going to have a fat guy throw up on people. Cause that's what he thinks is fun. <laughs> right. So, and then, and then lose half the audience and lose half the audience. 400,000 people turned away, but there were people that tell you, no, no, no. It was the holiday. Yeah. yeah people was, that had already committed to watching fireworks. the show turned it off, yeah. but that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> their, story, their storytelling is the bee is the bee's knees, man. That's like, you can't beat WWE. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't just rely on, this is what you're competing with. Like you can't just rely on good wrestling to carry you over. Tell some stories, man. And impact, yeah. we shape it. Like they tape, they they do bulk tapings. You can, yeah, you can do a better job of this. You can shape your own narrative. AEW is kind of beholden to like you know. Sometimes you get a bad crowd, or sometimes you know stuff doesn't work. The crowd doesn't react well. We can shape that. We can protect it, and we don't do a good enough job of it. And it's been, it's been my biggest problem with this promotion this year. I love the wrestling. I absolutely love the wrestling. I just think the I think that the the, the production can be better. 
Yes, I I agree. I agree. Well, hey, everybody, if you're listening to us on the free feed or on YouTube, uh, go ahead and check us out over on patreon.com slash fight game media. We're about to go in on some more news. We're going to talk a little bit of Briscoes. We're going to talk uh, oh, there's some Kushida news out there. Uh, impact related Kushida news. Uh, also, wrestling entertainment series. They got some big stuff going on. Not. Do they? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I threw in the not. Um, and then uh, M- MLW. We're going to do some MLW talks. So um, until next week, free feed. We'll talk to you later. Patreon, stick around.